September 23rd, 1983. Five people were kidnapped from a fast food chain known as Kentucky Fried Chicken. They were taken 18 miles outside of town down an oil field back road away from sight. And while they were there, they were executed. This case became known as the Kentucky Fried Chicken Massacre. It became one of the longest unsolved murders in Texas history. This Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant in Kilgore, Texas had been open for business. Closing time was fast approaching, the last customers finishing their meals. The staff were beginning the process of closing down and cleaning all the food stations. Soon enough, they'd be on their way home. Now right before closing time, there were five people left inside this KFC. They either worked there or they knew someone working there. Or they even had arranged to meet another person at that specific restaurant. Either way, they were not expecting to stick around for very long. Their names were David Maxwell, 20, Joey Johnson, 20, Monty Landers, 19, Mary Tyler, 37, and Opie Hughes, 38. Most of them were employees or former employees, while Monty Landers was a friend of Joey Johnson and David. He came by to visit his friends, but none of them could have expected what was about to happen. As the restaurant was closing down, the door swung open, and three men pushed themselves inside. What happened next is still a mystery, but we know a few facts. The restaurant staff had counted the money. One person called to the local franchise headquarters and told them the total. Voices in the background indicated that the three men may have heard the total. We don't know whether or not they had planned what had happened next, or were they just inspired by the money. Whatever the motivations, that phone call was the last time anyone heard any of these victims' voices. No one knew about the murders until the next day. When the young people at the KFC didn't come home that night, their parents were a little worried but it wasn't unheard of for kids at that age to stay out late. But for Mary Tyler and Opie Hughes, who were both in their 30s, being out late at night wasn't anything to be alarmed about. But the next day, the local police found a murder scene. The bodies were fresh, and they were located near an oil field on County Road 232. Their blood had dried, and flies were beginning to swarm. The smell carried through the breeze with nothing in the way to hinder it. And right away, the police officers who found the bodies knew something was wrong. The case quickly took on a life of its own. The news flew up the chain of command. Five dead bodies lay out in an empty oil field. The victims had been taken from the KFC. The police labeled it as an abduction. Perhaps they had fought back. Perhaps they had refused to hand over the money. The restaurant was empty, 
15 miles away from the oil field where the victims had been taken. Each victim had been shot, execution style, through the back of the head. They were nearly lined up, as though the killers had taken their time and shot them one by one. One of the bodies had been dragged away. It was Mary Tyler. She was dead, just like the others. But when the body was examined, the police found that she had also been assaulted before she was killed. It seemed as though the killers had vanished without a trace. A quiet night in a fast food restaurant turns into a massacre and the police have no leads. The bodies of the victims were taken away to the coroner's office and there they were closely examined for any possible clues. Now Mary Tyler, because she was assaulted, did have traces of DNA still on her body. When they investigated her background, they found that Mary had been a mother of three working in KFC to pay off the bills. Suddenly, her kids no longer had a mother. It was a difficult phone call for them to make. More examinations of the other bodies turned up more clues and hints. On one body, an investigator found a fingernail clipping. It was placed inside a bottle and sent away for testing. But there was very little else to indicate who might have carried out these murders. Back at the crime scene, the police scoured every inch for clues or evidence. They found very little. The killers left almost nothing behind. But eventually they spot something. Spilled blood. It was apart from the bodies, splattered on the ground, in a way that it didn't seem like spillover from the executions. Someone had wiped it on a napkin, scrunched up, threw it on the ground. Tests and samples were taken and sent off to a lab, but other than that, the police found nothing, which could point them toward the potential identity of a killer. The DNA from the assault victim, the spilled blood, the nail clippings, but everywhere else they looked, they came up against dead ends. There were no other witnesses in the restaurant. Report indicated that there might have been a van in the area, one that might have been used to transport the victims from the restaurant to the field, but it was too dark and nobody could provide a good description. There was also no CCTV cameras. There were no local crime reports or similar attacks in recent history. The three men seemed to have come and gone like ghosts, appearing in a KFC, stealing almost $3,000, and then killing everybody. Eventually, police began to cast their net wider and wider, but it was ground to a halt. Nothing they did seemed to lead them to answers. All they encountered were shadows, rumors, and just guesses. None of that would stick in court. Now, even though it was one of Texas' most brutal murders, the KFC massacre seemed like it would never be solved. But the police never gave up. Even though this massacre became a cold case, all the evidence they had, they kept on file. And every few years, they would come back to this case and every few years, they found a new suspect. One of the most promising leads they encountered was of a man named James Earl Mankins, Jr. In 1995, the police came across a new name, James Earl Mankins, Jr., and he was a strange suspect. 
He had a string of prior drug convictions, which might point him toward involvement in violent crimes. Although he was the son of a state representative, but the police liked him for the killings. He didn't have an alibi, and his profile fit the case. The only problem was their lack of evidence. Mankin's DNA didn't match any that was found at the crime scene. But there was a key link between him and the murders. It was apparently the nail clipping, which had been found on one of the bodies. It was almost enough for the state to charge Mankins with five counts of capital murder. The case went to pretrial, and it looked for a moment like the KFC massacre might actually finally be solved. But eventually the charges were dropped. After further testing on the nail clipping, they came to find that it actually came from one of the victims. Mankins walked, and the evidence absolved him. Prosecutors eventually acknowledged that he wasn't their man, but Mankins' name would continue to haunt the case. The authorities had tried so hard to make the charges stick, and because they had failed, it seemed like they were grasping at straws, like they were desperate. But due to the fiasco with Mankins, it would be hard to make any further charges stick. But after the charges against Mankins were dropped, the case again went cold, and it stayed that way for decades. Now, in that time, the newspapers and TV news would run occasional stories, especially when somebody had a new theory, but nothing ever progressed, not until November 2005. DNA in November of 2005 appeared to match against two men who were already known to police, Darnell Hartsfeld and Romeo Pinkerton, who was age 44 and 47. They were cousins, and they had known each other their whole lives. In 2005, Hartsfeld was serving a life sentence for another crime. He had been convicted of aggravated perjury due to his involvement in another case. But when he was behind bars, his DNA was tested again. This time, it brought up a match. And it matched with the spilled blood found on a box and a napkin at the crime scene. That was enough to reopen the case. Prosecutors started putting together everything they needed to ensure Darnell Hatsfield and his cousin would be found guilty of the KFC massacre. And by the time Hartsfeld's case reached court, more than two decades had passed since the murders. But due to the notoriety of the crimes, the trial had to be moved 100 miles to Bryan. The case rested on the testimony of a Tyler convenience store clerk who had said she'd been robbed three days after the murders. Prosecutors argued that the convenience store robbery and the KFC massacre were remarkably similar. After some argument over whether the testimony could be heard, the judge allowed it. The woman not only testified about the robbery, but she pointed the finger at Darnell Hartsfeld as the robber. She was the star among only four witnesses. Coupled with the DNA evidence, it told a compelling story of a robbery gone wrong. Three men had burst into the restaurant, demanded the money, and then decided to leave. No witnesses. They'd driven their victims to an empty field and executed them all. Though DNA evidence tied both Hartsfeld and Pinkerton to the case, both men denied being involved. But it was enough to convince the jury. Both men were convicted and narrowly avoided the death penalty. Finally bringing relief to the victims' families who watched all of this in court. But in the end... 
there was a strange twist. One of Texas's worst unsolved murders had finally been solved. Pinkerton and Hartsfeld delivered a warning as they were carted away from court. They said that a third man had been there that night. He had been the one that actually killed the victims. He was also the one that assaulted Mary Tyler. That's why neither Pinkerton nor Hartsfeld matched with the DNA found on the assaulted victim. This other man was still out there, but they would not reveal his name. And as of this day, the man behind the Kentucky Fried Chicken Massacre might still be walking free. For most people in Kilgore, however, this case is now in the past. <laughs>